This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Industrial rate supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dell's Cyber Monday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. It's the perfect time to upgrade any home, business, or gaming setup powered by Intel Core processors. Shop now at dell.com slash deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. With Black Friday savings all month long at the Home Depot, you get all the jingle bells and whistles you could wish for with LG Appliances. With America's most reliable line of appliances per independent consumer study, you can take holiday doing to holiday done and always be ready to handle last-minute holiday gifts. Final days to save up to $900 on select laundry sets, including top brands like LG with Black Friday savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done in November 29th. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to Discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929 ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. 
Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, and a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. You got that big game feel? It's a big game at FedEx Forum tonight, Jeffrey. Big game. Is there? Isn't the biggest local game of the week Saturday in Oxford? I'm not I'm not looking at Saturday right now. All you're of my game focus, at a time. You're one game at a time. All here? of my focus is on tonight at FedEx Forum. I told you yesterday, Jeffrey, the Grizzlies need the Grizzlies need to treat this game against the Utah Jazz tonight like a game seven. My feelings were only reinforced overnight when we found out what the two games they get next week. Now that now that the in season tournament, we've got our we've got our quarterfinal games set in that, and so they set the other games of the teams that aren't going to advance in the in season tournament. We found out Grizzlies a week from today get at Detroit, and then the Timberwolves at home, which Jeffrey means this might be their best chance. In fact, this is their best chance at getting a home win before John Morant comes back. And there could be an argument made, this is their best chance at getting a home win the rest of 2023. So, all my focus is on tonight at FedEx Forum. They need they need a home W. I'm sorry. I know it's just one of 82. And listen, it's all, we're only 16, 17 games in. You don't want to be carrying this over for much longer. And that's where my focus is today. So, I, yeah, okay, I, I confirmed. So, the problem was when I saw the two games announced, I was like, I'd rather have the Detroit game at home. Yeah, no, it, I feel a little bit bad. I still now, feel like this is an important game tonight, but I feel a little bit better if we had, Detroit is uh, inarguably the one team in the league that is worse. You match up well. Well, they're, they're having a worse season than the Grizzlies. They've lost like 14 games in a row, I think, at this point. Literally. Yeah, I don't really care whether or not you space them out. <laughs> yeah, but based on, like, ex- you know, like, Grizzlies have had a pretty miserable season. I think I can objectively say it's worse to be a Pistons fan right now. Now, I suppose you could make this argument. The Grizzlies have infinitely more wins on the road this year than they do at home. So maybe you want the more winnable game on the road. <sighs> I w- I just want a home win. I don't know. Like, I know, like, we can look but ahead. Even to, if even if they get one tonight, they'll still have 300% more I just wins on the, the road. I just want that offer out. You don't want to be the team that hasn't won a home game. That's what they are right now. There's mm-hmm. no team in the league that hasn't won a home game this year. I still contend it's flying out of the radar. It's I know. Bigger, it's and if you continue to, to it's lose It's a bigger them, deal locally than it is nationally. You can, it is. You're right. And that's why you need to get the W tonight. So it's done. Mark, great teams went on the road. Well, that is where my focus is today. It's buy, sell, sure, go to Reddit Wednesday. We're going to start with some Grizzlies, talk a little Ryan Silverfield and college football playoff. Uh, Then David Cobb's going to join us from CBSSports.com, get his thoughts on college football and college basketball. I I think, Jeffrey, I think you had a good question for him. Who's good in college basketball? Do we know anyone's good yet? Kentucky, maybe, last night they got a nice win over Miami. Um, Seems like... Seems like a lot of people, uh, you know, Purdue, obviously, with what they did in Maui. Let me tell you if I believe in them in March. <laughs> um, Arizona, maybe. Let me tell you if I believe in them in March. Um, who's I'm missing one. Oh, Marquette. UConn. And UConn. One Marquette. Yeah, UConn and, UConn and Marquette. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll get David Cobbs. I believe in one of those four teams. Thoughts on that as well as maybe uh, some uh, talk of Memphis Ole Miss, which as you mentioned, now suddenly after Ole Miss beats the crap out of NC State yesterday and gets Musa Cisse back, suddenly a very intriguing game Saturday in Oxford between Memphis and Ole Miss in college basketball. Since, since we'll, we won't talk about it here in the open, but I do think last night mm-hmm. was a great night for the Tigers' resume. Mm. Because you look at it this way. Now you have the you have the opportunity to beat an undefeated team. Yeah, that Ole Miss win's going to look. If you if you beat Ole Miss Saturday, it's going to look good. Also, Mississippi State loses last night, and mm-hmm. Mississippi State was one of those teams that had just like jumped in front of you. Yeah, and in I, the I, rankings. Yeah, like I still contend. What we've learned with the voters is what did you do on Saturday, the day before I vote? Mm. That's going to matter. And so if you get that big win, further Clemson beats Alabama on the road, making mm. it more likely that Clemson looks like a tournament team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also got... I believe we got UVA tonight, right? UVA plays tonight. Correct. Uh, Missouri beat Pitt on the mm-hmm. road. Now, there's always the Pitt conundrum of what does that mean? Better than losing to Pitt. Correct. Agreed. But overall, pretty good night for the resume last night. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and then Arkansas, I believe, plays Duke tonight. So maybe they can... Yeah, but I think Tremont, Tremont Mark's out. Yeah, yeah. so that, that'll be a problem for them. Um, also, we've got all AAC selections in... Football. Uh, football, Memphis, well represented. We'll dive into that. Update on the Josh Giddy situation, which is uh, uh, getting less giddy and less giddy and less giddy with every uh, every That's new development here. Tasteful, yeah. <laughs> um, By the way, did you know winter meetings are in Nashville? Uh, I did know that only because I have conference calls with people in Nashville. I thought um, the whole point of winter meetings was like going somewhere warm. Yeah, well, I think they're trying. You know, well, I know they're, tr- they're clearly trying to put the pressure on. Like, see, yeah. like, yeah, it is funny how like we've now gotten these owners that are just like it used to be. Owners would, I'm sorry, the commissioner would basically like we're not moving that team. Now it's like let's see what we can do for you. Yeah, like let's we'll have the winner means yeah. and you can see what Nashville's yeah, exactly. doing. Let's, what can we do for you? No. Well, yeah, we got we got we got that, and also the NBA in season tournament really heated up last night. It felt like felt like that was the first time it like truly entered my consciousness was uh, with teams trying to run up the score on each other. Uh, um, so we'll dive into that and get you ready for that uh, Jazz Grizzlies game to wrap things up. But I wanted to start there, and we're going to start uh, with a little buy sell shirt to go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show, where we either buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey, this one's simple. This first one. Um, Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. The Grizzlies will win their first home game tonight. They are favored. Utah, it appears, definitely going to be without Lori Markinen, their best player. Potentially going to be without Jordan Clarkson. He's questionable. Um, am I missing anyone else? Clarkson and Olenek are game time decisions. Okay. Uh, so they're definitely going to be without their best player and could be without three of their top, whatever, six or seven. I mean, they have some like the back end of the rotation guys that they list as game time decisions. Jeffrey, have you looked at the schedule? This is going to be the last time they're favored for a while. Perhaps it's the last time that they're favored until Ja returns. And you can make the argument that the Houston game at home. Houston at home, December 15th, Dylan's return game. Um, I mean, I guess theoretically now they could be road favorites at Detroit. Yeah, I guess that's true. But you got 
Because they were favored against San Antonio. Fine. Last time they're going to be favored at all. You got Utah at home. You don't win tonight. Then you got Minnesota at home, followed by Dallas at home, Houston at home. Then the first home game with Ja is the Pacers, and the Pacers are not bad this year. Um, Then you go on a long road trip. Listen, Mark, the reality is this team can't take any team lightly. The worst team in the league? Well, I'm talking, this is with Ja. I know, but I'm saying even with Ja. Yeah, well, yeah, you've dug yourself such a hole, you can't. And then December 31st, they play the Kings. Like, there is a chance if you don't win tonight, you know, you might not get another, you might not win a home game in 2023. I mean, you got to get it tonight. I, I'm telling you, they need to. I'm bu- I'm just going to go out of there. I'm buying this. I got a good feeling about tonight. They are going to win their first home game tonight. I, I I had a good feeling already, and then when I saw the Jazz injury report. But that hasn't mattered this year. I know, but they just. I'm just telling you, they, they just got yelled at by Marcus Smart. You know, is that ja, a good thing? Ja participated fully in practice yesterday because they're starting the ramp up to his return. I, tonight's the night. We're getting a home win tonight. I think I'm shorting it. And I'm you sh- think you think people rubes like me? Yes, eternal neighbor optimist. Nick. That's how. Pe- yeah, neighbor Nick. Yes, think they're going to win. And really, Utah's been an especially bad matchup for him in two games already. It's well established on this program that there's two things that I love more in sports than anything else. A fat athlete Mm -hmm. and a players-only meeting. Mm -hmm. Mark, we had something yesterday that rocked me to my core. We had a players-only practice. No, no, not players-only. Player-led practice. So so earlier today, I was down to shoot around. That is not a good sign. Mark, that is the... No, 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 no. You know what? That's the equivalent. Well, we should make sure we set it up. David Roddy referred to yesterday's practice as a player-led practice, and it was because remember, did Adam Silver want they, that? They weren't communi- They weren't commu- It was to emphasize communication. So it wasn't players only. It was player-led, is how David Roddy described. Okay, it. let me explain to you what that's like. That ain't the first off. You only get one players-only meeting. Mm-hmm. The first one, I'll always, I'll always immediately back you right after that. Sec- I feel like we've probably had a players only. Did, no, didn't we? Have we had a report of a players only well, meeting? We didn't, yet? Even, we didn't even need a players only meeting. They literally just started like yelling at each other on the bench <laughs> during the middle of a game. Yeah. This is the equivalent of Mark removing the coordinator down to the field, or mm. we're moving the we're moving the the coordinator up to from the field down to the booth so he can be the eyes. He moved the guys. Correct. Yeah, he moved the guys. This is the oh boy. This is not a good sign. Oh, see, I think, I think, well, I'll say this. If they come out and lose to Utah, it will be very demoralizing after the Marcus Smart kind of rant, if you will, that we saw. And now what we're hearing, play, player-led practice. Like, like what it shows me, I know it worries you, we're pulling out all the stops for this Utah game. They're doing exactly I, what I'd like again, for them to do. And I was we're all, pulling out all the stops. We I need am, to win this game. And I'm all on that same page with you. I am. I'm even more so. Like, I want them to strategically decide, like, there's some games they need to take off. Like, for instance, we don't need another situation where before we knew, like, how bad it was going to be when the Grizzlies went all out against the Nuggets. And mm-hmm. we both kind of said during the show, it's like, you kind of wish the Nuggets would kind of, like, pop them early. And then they lost to Washington Correct. the next night. They turn around like... like yeah, that really could have been if if we had known what we know now. Four and twelve sounds a lot better than three and thirteen. Yeah, no, and and looking ahead over the next week, like 
you need this win. And honestly, like, we need that Pistons win, baby. Like, we, we, they gave you – I know it's on the road, but, like, you don't want to be the team that ends that Detroit losing streak. <laughs> you know? I was trying to see how many games they've actually been favored in this year. Um, but it was uh, – it's it's interesting. I You know, I don't know if there's any – I think we're going to see. The, I think we're going to see a spirited effort tonight. I think there. I asked both Roddy and Derrick Rose, who are the two players made available today after shoot around. I, I asked them, kind of, are you like they're aware of of this? Like they're not. You think? <laughs> I think it's. By the beca- way, that's that's not a good thing. Yeah. What that they're aware they're zero yeah, and eight at home. I would hope. <laughs> the Grizzlies have been favored six times this year. They are two and four. Now, I will say Derrick Rose said, like, he was asked about the Marcus Smart thing, the, the thing on the bench, and <laughs> Derrick was like, uh, he, like, didn't really recall it. Like, it wasn't, like, a seminal thing to him. He was like, I was kind of in my own head because I was disappointed about how we were playing. Like, he didn't, it, it, it didn't even register with him, really. Now, Roddy, when he now, was asked I, about I it. I go back to that. Do we buy that? That feels like a very nice way to be like, I don't want to talk about that. I mean, if it was, it was well done. Right. It was well and, and done by Derek. Derek's a pro. Yeah. No, it was well done. Roddy, Roddy, the reason why I don't wouldn't buy it is because Ro- the way Roddy answered it made it clear like the locker room was aware that that became a thing. I mean, even if like I want to take him at face value, which is like he knows that it happened. Yeah. Okay, because of the locker room. Everything. Like he's aware that it happened, but like don't – I just – I don't – I'm sorry. I'm not buying that. Yeah. That felt, that, felt like, that felt like a very – excuse me, very crafty way, veteran way. Mm-hmm. Not create another headline, just kind of move that aside, not talk about it. Yeah, no, that, that is good stuff. And so, you know, we'll see. I think they, they, need, they need this dub tonight. We'll talk about it more uh, next hour and get you ready for the game. All right, next buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit here, Jeffrey. It's about Ryan Silverfield. Um, obviously, the the report yesterday doesn't feel like there's a lot been a lot of legs to it yet. Um, of him being a potential candidate at Indiana. Um, but we've been talking a lot about his future, if you will, or what you know what to make of this season and what it means for him. And very clearly, there's a decision of some kind that's going to have to be made about his contract, whether it's to not extend him or extend him. They're going to have to make some kind of decision, right? When you say that's true? Oh, uh, uh. I, I mean, I guess doing nothing is not making a decision, but I think that is a decision so in this something, scenario. Something that I'm monitoring. I know we always use the default setting of college football's insane, mm-hmm. and the only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense, which I still, in my heart, believe. I am curious to know if we've had enough time where everyone has started looking at the spreadsheets enough to where... Everyone has recognized there was this point in time in which the sport became flooded with cash and it became just this giant arms race immediately. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like trying to just keep up and stay alive. And so you got all this money flying around. Now that everyone's had enough time and also the other big factor is I think schools are now having to decide, are we going to spend on... Uh, balance sheet things, or are we going to try to encourage people to donate to the NIL? Mm-hmm. Like, there's now, I think there's more reasonable financial decisions being made. And so, so you could talk me into a world where they 
I mean, you know, whatever. I think if I'm them, you got you. <laughs> yeah, like a rollover year or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. But here's my here's my buy sell short to go to Reddit though. Based on all of this, based on there's these contract negotiation extension negotiations probably going on behind the scenes. There's this report out there that you know, hey, maybe Indiana's kicking the tires on Ryan Silverfield. Or here's an alternative theory: mm-hmm. maybe there were some extension talks going. And maybe they didn't go the way that a particular coach wanted them to go. That that could be. Yeah, again, yeah, negotiations are going on behind the scenes, probably. And huh. seems like they might be. Going you've also got the looming factor of like they're probably going to play a you know a notable a, a team where uh, they're going to play a bowl game that matters in terms of or at least matters the most from a Memphis perspective since. The Cotton Bowl. Like, the most meaningful bowl game they will play in since the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I think it's fair. Whether it's Liberty Bowl or, like, yeah. Military Bowl or whatever, it's going to be it's gonna be a game that kind of – it feels like it will kind of matter. Because, like, if he can – if Memphis and Silverfield – if they can beat Iowa State or UCF or Virginia Tech or someone like that, um, again, it, you know, it's not, like, the greatest victory in the world. But it would be probably the best win you have this year uh, if you beat one of those Power 5 teams. I mean, it's all relative. Like, you know – what one thing that we saw today is holy portal day. <laughs> yeah. Well the portal's going but here's here's my question for you, or my buy sell short to go to Reddit for you. Buy sell short to go to Reddit. Ryan Silverfield will still be the Memphis football coach when Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium renovations are done. So that would be either twenty twenty it would be like twenty twenty six, the twenty twenty six season, let's say. So you're confident that it actually gets done. Let's say for the, I'm not necessarily confident, but let's say for the purposes of this, it's on the schedule they've laid out where next season and 2020. I guess technically only next season under their plans, it would be ready in 2025. Let's say there is a delay. Let's say in the 2026 season, Ryan Silverfield will be the Memphis football coach because that's when I think ultimately the renovations will be completely done. I think I'm going to buy this. Mm. Here's why. Because that means he will definitely have had to have an, an extension of some kind to be the coach at that season. Yeah, but you could also talk me into whatever. They go 8-4, and 9-3 next year. Let's say they have the same season, 9-3. and three, mm-hmm. They don't make yeah. the conference title game, but mm-hmm. they were in it through middle of November. Yeah. You can talk me into the exact same season, and let's just say that he gets no contract extension. Mm-hmm. I do think at that point they would come up with a new contract. Okay. And the other thing that is that I – really, really struggle with. I'm having a tough time seeing a world where he gets fired. Mm. And I'm having a tougher time seeing a world in which he would get offered a better job. Well, here's the scenario. We'll get into the, like, he's return. He's going to return. If he can return. Potentially. Yes. If he returns the nucleus of this team, which he can potentially do. He could also potentially lose them to the portal with the way things are. They are going to be one of either the best team in the league preseason or the second best, I think. Like in terms so of UTSA has to re- replace their most productive player. And, in and they're history. probably gonna, I think that coach is going to go somewhere this offseason, whether it's this, whether it's Houston or Indiana. Like I think that coach might get picked up somewhere. The UTSA coach. So, obviously, Tulane loses Pratt. Tulane loses a lot, and I think they're going to lose their coach. I think Fritz, you know, like, I think Fritz might go. I go, I, 
I tend to think that you're right, but I feel like I've been here mm-hmm. a couple of times. He's going to run out of chances to go because of his age and because like yeah, it's but, hard to win at Tulane. Yeah, but uh, this isn't. This yeah, is. I mean, now in the current AAC, they have just as much. NIL spending power as anyone, maybe more. I think correct, and they pay him well, and like you have the ultimate job security there. Like so, I tend to think that you're right. You keep hearing Houston that that's the direction, mm-hmm. but I'm now starting to get whiffs of you know when you talk about the WWE mid card. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting whiffs of the mid card. Seems to be there's always one job that everyone wants to use for raises. Mm-hmm. Feels like Houston's the mid-card raise job. Mm, so I'm a little iffy on that. I tend to think that you're right. I don't but know. But the, the scenario I would lay out, though, for Ryan here is let's say they are that good. Like, let's say they go and win the AAC next year. Like, I do actually think someone would look at it and go, man, he just went 9-3 and three, and then in this scenario, like 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one to go win the league. Um, yeah, you're, he might be attractive to someone if, in that scenario. Here's the problem: you are you're thinking with old AAC brain, mm-hmm. and whereas the old AAC, the old AAC used to be like, all right, let's go find whoever's doing well there, and that's the next big gig. Mm-hmm. I think you need to think more Sun Belt CUSA, where just because you had a big year, I mean, look at look at how hot Chadwell's name was. Mm-hmm. Chadwell had to go take the Liberty job. Like to get the the job promotion. Yeah, but I still think Memphis. Even though Coastal Carolina had a nice run under him, Memphis is a different level of program than Coastal Carolina even now. I, but what I'm I'm I am with you on that. But you have to think in terms of no. I know, but he had to like jump. Like I know. Okay, but let me explain. When these job when these better jobs come open, because now there is more money, mm-hmm. everyone is getting less risk averse, and so everyone's going like. You know, you look at what Michigan State did. They go and they take the Pac-12 coach that they think is stable, and they mm-hmm. give him a boatload of money. This is – we didn't see a ton of – we did not see a ton of Conference USA, Sunbelt, or even, honestly, Mountain West-level coaches that just went up in the last five to seven years. Yeah, I guess. Napier, I mean, A&M Napier hired- did it. Um yeah, but Napier happened to be like that was that one situation where LSU and like that was kind of that weird bidding war of LSU and he's sitting there in South Louisiana and Florida. But I mean, by the way, that's not exactly a resume line because that also is kind of proving my point. The reason why people stopped doing that, because mm-hmm. this was a, a popular formula for a while, is because it hasn't been successful by and large. Yeah. I mean, Norvell's worked out at Florida State. Right, but I'm saying that's, yeah, that is a more competitive AAC. AAC. Yeah. I mean, perhaps. I'm just laying out a scenario potentially where he could. There's there's the scenario where he, he, if he's not the coach of 2026, either he got hired somewhere or he got fired. Right. Or they just, or I guess there is a mutual fetch scenario where like they just let the contract run out. But I don't yeah, think that I mean, that's, happen. but that's essentially a firing. I'm going to. I'm going to sell this. I think one way or another. And I'm not ruling out him having a great year next year. And going and, on. And moving on, partially because of the discussions we're having right now, where, like, he's never going to satisfy some people. No, I do think there is an element here of, hey, this is kind of like the lesson of never replace the best coach in school history. Mm-hmm. Like, it always inevitably ends 
with somewhat of a break. But I think he has a chance next year to kind of do what Norvell okay, did in 2019. I do, but here's the problem. Let's go back to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed his comments post-game, which mm-hmm. neither of us were big fans of. No. I do think rooted in all of his frustration mm-hmm. is, I think what he was trying to convey, and this is a popular message mm-hmm. amongst coaches now, what I think he was trying to convey was, we need NIL money to keep everyone. Mm-hmm. Because I understand this idea of, if he brings them all back, Mark, it's overwhelmingly unlikely that they're not, everyone that can come back won't come back. Even in the event... Already they've lost the starting offensive lineman. Already. Right. And it's just... I, I, now I, it appears, if you're to read between the lines I of Twitter be, posts... I want to be very clear on this. I am not blaming any of the players. Because if you get to this point, I think you treat it like a job. Mm-hmm. And if you get to this point, and you got a chance to go and make some money, big money... No, I thought... I thought uh, um, Matt Rule... No, it was, I mean, Matt Rule had the comment earlier today, I think it was, where he said a, a starting QB is basically going for $1 to $2 million in the portal. Um, and so that gives you a sense of, like, what, I, you know, I honestly think, like, you know, I don't know what type of team Seth Hennigan could go to, but, like, I bet you he could command a pretty hefty chunk of change if he went in the portal. I know this. Average level SEC starter, mm-hmm. five or 600 and, um, but I thought it was interesting. Um, Ralph Russo, the AP writer for, um, he is for, the writer. For the, he's he's yeah, college football. AP yeah, college writer. football AP writer. He had this tweet earlier off the Matt Rules comic. So Matt Rule said a good QB in the portal costs one million, one point five, two million in NIL. That's what Matt Rule said. And Ralph Russo retweeted it and said, "What's ridiculous is not that it costs this much for a college player." This is what happens when you create a market for talent. What's ridiculous is boosters and fans have to pay for it. And I actually, I thought that was like, it's not necessarily he's reinventing the wheel with that comment, but I was like, it kind of crystallized for me. He's like, he's absolutely right. Well, what becomes more fascinating to me is how far away are we from the, like if you look at, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I imagine if you took the, the salaries for NFL, the entire coaching staff, everything mm-hmm. from the video department, support staff, everything, and then you compared it to the salaries of the of the roster, I would bet, what, it's 80-20 in favor of the players? So mm-hmm. are we going to get to this world where people start doing the what they do in the NFL, which is uh, maybe instead of like, Spending two million dollars on another coordinator, like why don't why don't we spend that on players? Or like honestly, like NFL facilities are not no, nearly as college, nice as yes, college facilities. The money goes back to the players. Yeah, they don't spend it on their facilities as much. Um, so where where we're at is, I'm saying I'm selling that he's here in 2026. You are buying that Ryan Silverfield is the coach in 2026. Yeah, the biggest reason I'm buying is it does feel like there's an inevitable split. I just don't I don't think he's I don't think the program is going to crater enough under him because well, the I question do- is what is he, the question? I, I think you're right. Next year, if you bring back like Hennigan and a good chunk of these guys, even if you don't fulfill your potential, it's going to be hard to crater in this league. But like post Seth, you know, then you're it's a different discussion. Yeah, this job, but the, you got to remember this. I'm thinking about it in terms of 
where they are in their league. Mm-hmm. And even if, like, worst case scenario, like, let's say Tulane, you're behind financially. That's about it, man. Yeah. No, because it, it's funny. You hear, the like, Jeff Trailer, the UTSA coach I was talking about earlier, he's interviewing for these jobs, and the talk is part of the reason he's so publicly interviewing for these jobs isn't necessarily that he desperately oh, he wants, to get wants the them. Up. He want, yeah, he's like he, he's sick and tired of like begging for stuff from UTSA. Yes, and um, I mean, look at the facilities they've added. Like Memphis is still Memphis is still going to be at worst, in my opinion, the second best job in the league. And I do think it's going to get harder for Memphis. I still think it's going to be harder for the other schools too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bigger picture All right. before we get to David Cobb. So we had our new newest uh, edition of the college football playoff rankings last night. Um, nothing major except it seemed to confirm that if Florida State wins, they're in. Yeah, these rankings like they moved or they bumped Florida State into number four after Ohio State's loss, and so um, that was kind of the big. And then I think another secondary storyline that I thought was interesting from a Memphis AutoZone Liberty Bowl perspective is. They did not rank SMU and did rank Liberty. And so there is a scenario now where SMU beats Tulane in the AAC championship game and Liberty is the team that represents the group of five in a New Year's Six Bowl if they beat New Mexico State in the Conference USA championship game. I'm not saying necessarily it will happen, but they've opened the door for it. In that scenario, does Tulane come here? Uh, in that scenario, SMU would come here because they would have beaten Tulane to be the conference champion, and so they would play in the Liberty Bowl. Because I think that's basically the AAC has. I thought this, the AAC like slots people, but I believe what's they want to reward the conference champion with the best bowl game, and the Liberty Bowl at this point, other than the New Year's Six Bowl would be the best possible bowl game for the AAC in terms of payout, you know, like in terms of money the school receives oh, and all that. SMU's made it quite clear they don't care about that. They're going to go nine years without taking a payout. I'm just saying that is that is a scenario in play. I don't know. Maybe they work it out. You Maybe you're right because I guess SMU I, would not sell tickets to the correct. Liberty Bowl. I, and so I, maybe you, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll get worked out. But that's I'm just telling you that's a scenario that could complicate things for Memphis going to the Liberty Bowl. I do wonder, though, if SMU beats them, if they just enter. Because here's the other thing. There's still a Jerry Kill. There's still a Jerry Kill moment out there. A kill shot, if you will. Um, So there's that. More than just freeze. But I want to look at the bigger picture of the college football playoff. Because the scenarios in play, there's a scenario here where it is very simple, just like it's always been with the college football playoff since it became a four-team playoff, where Michigan wins, Georgia wins, Florida State wins, and whoever wins the Pac-12 wins. And then you've got a four that's your four-team playoff. So or why I, let's say this, Washington wins. Yes. Washington Washington, Georgia, Michigan and Florida State. All the undefeated teams win. I think it's pretty it's going to be pretty straightforward there. Those four teams are going to get in. There's also a bunch of other different uh, scenarios. I, I'm willing to I'm I now I think about it. I'm willing to go with you Pac-12 winner. I think it screws Texas. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Oregon has been ranked ahead of Texas the entire time. Mm-hmm. 
Oregon would and will have, have gotten the, and will have avenged their one loss. Yes, I think I think I think you're right. The Pac-12 winner that is also a straightforward scenario. And Texas lost the opportunity because Oklahoma lost to Kansas mm-hmm. and Oklahoma State, but mainly because the Kansas yeah. loss. They lost the opportunity to avenge their one loss because Oklahoma's not in the game and they're playing Oklahoma State. Yes, and so um, there's that, but there's also if any of those teams lose, chaotic chaos. So buy, sell, sure to go to Reddit. There will be college football chaos this weekend. Um, I'll give you this before you answer. So here, Heather Dinich laid out for each of the top eight in the college football playoff rankings their path. If they're going to make the playoff, the uh, top four. Th- this all really depends on one thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sell this, and here's why mm-hmm. I'm selling this. You don't think Alabama's going to beat Georgia? The, for chaos to truly ensue, mm-hmm. Alabama has to beat Georgia. Or or Michigan would have to lose. For chaos to truly <laughs> ensue. <it's>, <laughs> I'm willing, listen, I'm willing to accept maybe Michigan plays horrifically, like the Purdue game last year, mm-hmm. that Michigan plays horrifically and it takes – until the second half for Michigan to finally beat them by three scores. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can accept that reality. There is no way that Michigan's losing that game. Okay. It's Harbaugh's return. Yeah. Like I think it is more likely Michigan wins by forty in, than in they Heather lose by Dinich's scenarios. There in none of the scenarios does she does she suggest there's a possibility Michigan loses. I mean you saw what Kirk Ferentz said. Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> uh no. No, you're like a top twenty team. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to have to. Like, no, it is entirely realistic that Alabama beats Georgia. We've seen Alabama in this position before. Mm-hmm. They've not lost the SEC championship game since 2008. They've been an underdog in the championship game three times. They've won outright as an underdog twice, mm-hmm. including beating Georgia as an underdog. I still don't. Think Alabama is as good as Georgia, and now what if what? Okay, like now, now I do also think like a huge. You don't think it's a possibility Florida State loses because that would also cause I, chaos. I don't really think it does because if Florida State loses, I think it's super clean. Then you just because I don't think Texas is losing. Okay, so then if Florida State loses, in your mind, it's Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and Pac twelve winner. Pac twelve winner. Okay, right. yeah, yes, that's right. And you could talk me into they do uh, Georgia, Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Do you put Texas in the same category as Michigan, Iowa in terms of their game against Oklahoma State? Like you feel really good about Texas winning? Yes. Te- I love, listen, I'm a Gundy guy. I think the guy does more with a roster than just about anyone in college football. Mm-hmm. They. They have a very specific game script, which is they have to be able to run the ball. And let me tell you what Texas doesn't let you do. Mm-hmm. They do not let you run the ball. Well, I've been riding Alabama since they lost to Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm buying chaos. More because I want yeah, chaos. I just want it. I want chaos. It would be fun. Listen, I will celebrate it. I want Because I'm telling you, y'all are all wrong about this. There is a universe where the SEC does not get a school. I get y'all. I, everyone's got SEC like. Well, it was interesting that they slotted Ohio State ahead of both Texas and Alabama. Yes, in the rankings here at number six. Now, for Ohio State to get in, a lot would have to happen. I don't 
so I don't take Ohio State seriously because in my chaos theory, and here's that Texas would have to lose Oklahoma State. No, here's how the everyone would have to lose. Here's how the SEC gets left out. It's pretty clean, actually. Michigan wins. Mm -hmm. Bama wins. Michigan wins. Bama wins. uh, Texas wins. I guess I'll even say Oregon and Florida State, but or Washington and Florida State. Mm -hmm. But I think at this point, well, I think I think to your point. Like last night again confirmed to me if Florida State has a zero, they're yes, getting they're in. in. They're getting in. They're There's getting not, in. And I Georgia's think, not going to jump them. And I'm I'm dead set on this. If they lose, Georgia wouldn't jump them. If you get to the point where you have, you just need three. You need Michigan, Michigan to win, Bama to win, uh, Florida State to win. One of the Pac-12 teams. So now you basically are going to have Texas and Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State in your scenario. And the cleanest, the cleanest one to do mm-hmm. is just Texas do the head Alabama head. beat Georgia and Texas and beat Alabama. Texas beat Alabama head to head at home mm-hmm. by two scores. That would be something. Like that. How would, how would the SEC react to that? Well, I mean, the, this would just like the only thing that would be the. Question I think it would hurt the college, the twelve team playoff if that happened, and that. I think they would move quicker to make it like all at larges and stuff. The only thing I can see is we'll just go straight to sixteen. <laughs> God forbid this ever. I do think there will be some. Uh, they will be furious if they don't have a team in, but I think they'll have a team in. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to David Cobb. We'll get his thoughts a little, maybe a little college football with him. Also, get his thoughts on college hoops it's starting to heat up. Who's actually good? What does he think about Memphis? What does he think about Ole Miss? Lots to get to with David Cobb of CBSSports.com. He's going to join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and college basketball for CBS Sports. You can always follow him on Twitter on X at David W. Cobb. 
Kind enough to join us each and every Wednesday. Cobb, are we going to get chaos? Are we going to get chaos when Saturday night ends and we're sitting there and we're going to have to listen to a bunch of pontificating about who should be in on Sunday? I hope we get chaos. Chaos is fun. I agree. <laughs> the, 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 the top eight in, in the college football playoff rankings have pretty much been the same for like two months now. And obviously like Ohio State falls after losing to Michigan, but they're still in that top eight. Still the same eight teams. Like Still ahead of Bama and Texas. I know. So I hope we get chaos. I, I think there are going to be some very disappointed Alabama fans. If they, if they pull the upset, which is a huge if, I think that could just set Bama fans up for, for the meltdown of the century if they beat Georgia and are left out. So you and I see it the same way. Because I think if, if Georgia or whatever, if Alabama wins and presuming Michigan wins, I think whoever wins, or at this point it seems like whoever wins between Oregon and Washington, that team's getting in. And then if Florida State wins, I think they're clearly in. But I honestly think that they have clearly shown the head-to-head against Texas is going to matter. And I'm in the camp of I think the only way the SEC gets left out is if Alabama wins and then everybody else wins. Yeah, well, I mean, so the easiest path for Florida to get in is – or for Alabama to get in, is for Florida State to lose, mm-hmm. right? And Michigan's not going to lose. So we need Florida State to lose. And we probably need Texas uh, to lose as well. I mean, Yes, I think that that is Alabama's problem because I suppose you can make the case if Alabama runs Georgia out of the building, which I obviously don't expect, and then if maybe Texas, like, struggles mightily with Oregon or with Oklahoma State, maybe – but, I mean, like you're, you're going to have a real tough problem in which why do we play head-to-head if it doesn't matter? Exactly right. And it's mattered all year in the rankings. And I realize Alabama beating Georgia would be a, a signature win, but then all you have to do is say, well, Texas beat the Alabama team that just got the signature win. Like, So I, I think that week one and week two in college football should matter when you're, when you're parsing out resumes. Because really, this should be who has the best resume. Not a power ranking of who is playing the best right now or who Vegas would favor on a neutral field. Because if we're going to do it that way, then just forget about Florida State. Like, don't, don't even put them in there. Because I think Oregon would be favored over Florida State on the neutral. Ohio State would be. Texas would be. Alabama would be. I bet, shoot, you, you want to keep going down the list. I bet Missouri and maybe even Penn State would be favored over Florida State on a neutral field. So it's not a power ranking. It's not a, a Vegas um, odds maker's choice it's the four best resumes in college football and uh, Alabama just left itself behind the eight ball uh, with what it did in week two and I'm a firm believer that it it should matter and it's not like they played them in Tuscaloosa like uh, and it was a double digit win like I, I just there becomes a point in which like it's for the same logic of even if Florida State goes undefeated I think they're in no matter what because like at a certain point, it's like, why do we play the season if if it doesn't matter because we don't think they're power ranked? They played LSU, like they didn't have to. They could have they could have scheduled their way out of that. They played LSU. They beat them. Like you, to a certain degree, like you have to reward them for that. And it's like, at the same time, like I just don't know how you can ignore a straight up head to head between Alabama and Texas. It's like, yeah. what what's the point of playing the games then? I'll tell you one that I'm not as sure about. 
Um, you know, you mentioned it feels like the winner of the Pac-12 championship game definitely gets in. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I'm, I still got an Oregon iffy if they lose. I'm sorry, well, Oregon. Yeah. I'm still if Oregon wins, if Oregon wins, like that becomes a question. What if Oregon wins and Bama beats Georgia? Yeah, and, and Oregon doesn't look great doing it. And I think there's a, a scenario where there's there's definitely a temptation on the part of the committee to to put Alabama in there or to put Texas in there. So I don't think that's a uh, I don't think that's a given. Uh, it's going to be fun though. I love the fact that there's drama because one, I think it's going to underscore. I think we're going to look at this at, at when it's all said and done on Sunday and say, you know what? There were more than four deserving teams this year, which I think is going to uh, create a little bit of momentum for the 12-team playoff, and it's going to give the proponents of the of the 12-team playoff, I am one of them, uh, the ammunition to say, look, this is why we should expand, because sometimes there's more than four deserving teams. Talking to David Cobb, he covers college football and college basketball for CBSSports.com. Cobb, let's switch to some hoops. Uh, Jeffrey had this question. Have you decided... Now that we are about to enter December, who is actually good Cobb, yet? Cobb, I'm pretty sure this is a rite of passage. I think I do this with you every year about December because I'm now watching more college basketball and I'm sitting there going like, who's good? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I am working on my power rankings for tomorrow. Love and it. They are, they are subject to change based upon tonight's results. Only a few teams uh, in action that I would consider. Right now, I'm, I'm a firm believer in Purdue, in UConn, in Marquette, in Arizona, I mean, after that, though, it is, eh, we'll see. Like, everybody's ready to jump on that Houston bandwagon, like always. But that, that non-conference schedule for Houston is Charmin Saw. Like, Kelvin Sampson said, you know what? We're going to the Big 12 this year, so we ain't playing anybody in November and December. So I, I'm not ready to go there with Houston yet. Kentucky made a breakthrough last night, but that was their first victory of any significance whatsoever. So, I mean, the list of teams that I'm willing to declare are, are definitely good is only about five deep. Interesting. Uh, I, I do think when Kentucky gets at full strength, like I do, I think they flash. That was the best single game Kentucky performance last night against Miami that I've seen in years. And I think they are being helped by the fact that their big men are out because it is forcing John Calipari to play a more modern, up tempo, perimeter oriented style after he was stuck with that Oscar Sheeway lane-clogging, pound-the-rock sort of mentality the last couple of years. And so Trey Mitchell is like the perfect five-man in in the modern game. And I'm not saying they won't benefit from Aaron Bradshaw coming back. The rim protection that he'll bring once he's healthy is going to be significant. But I don't know that it's significant in the way of like him playing 30 minutes a game. I I see Aaron Bradshaw being kind of like what Derek Lively was for Duke last season where – Maybe he doesn't even start. Maybe he only plays 15 minutes a game, but he's super effective defensively in that time. So, I mean, the the, the reality is Kentucky is is looking really good. It's just we're basing that off of two games right now. They played Kansas close, and they beat Miami. It's been nothing else other than that. They almost lost at home to St. Joe's, whereas a team like Memphis, to, to localize it, they've actually mm-hmm. played more good teams at this point. So we've maybe even got a better read on a team like that because Memphis has played four really quality opponents to this point and gone three and one in those games. What what is your read on the Tigers coming out of uh, the battle for Atlantis, where they you know, obviously get the two big wins over Michigan and Arkansas, and then kind of get steamrolled by Villanova in the championship game? What what do you make of Memphis from what you've seen so far? 
Well, I was on their Ken Palm page last night, and something stuck out to me that is just wild. And it is Memphis ranking 39th in D1 experience. So basically like almost top 10% in college basketball in the amount of D1 experience they have. But then in minutes continuity, 341st. So there is a 300-spot discrepancy between their experience and their continuity. So they're, they're, they're old, they're veteran, but they haven't played together. These are all new faces, as we know. And they're still figuring out the roles. I love the fact, though, that they've got, it seems like, five different guys who can be the leading scorer on a yeah. given night. But on those nights, like against Villanova, when nobody is hot, when there's not that David Jones or, or Ashton Hardaway breakout performance, like where does Memphis go on a possession-to-possession basis um, to facilitate offense, to get good looks. It, it looks to me like there's still a question mark there. Like I maybe thought Jordan Brown would be the guy who would get a, a paint touch almost every possession. I don't know that they've necessarily gotten to that point with him yet or if they even intend to. So it's like when there's not the hot hand, uh, what's your offense? Who's mm-hmm. who's running the show? There's no Kendrick Davis this year to just hand the ball to and say, hey, go get us some points, right? So maybe that's my – my reservation, but overall, I mean, I'm really encouraged by the yeah. fact that they've done a good job here in the in the non-con. I also, th- I think the big men they need they they need an answer at center. Is Jordan Brown the guy? Is it Malcolm Dandridge? Brown has not looked good in these first six games. Dandridge has flashed, but that's what he's always done. Like you know what I mean? Like that's it's just yeah. It, I also he doesn't look any different than previous years. I think he got banged up. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did leave that one game. I think he got banged up, and I. But think, that's again because that's I th- part of his mo. Yeah, is no, that, I agree with know. that. But I did think he was looking pretty good before that. Um, no, he's flat. Like as a rim protector, he flat. But they need one of those guys. Like they don't need both of them, but they need one of them to emerge because they're getting killed on the. If you look look at those Ken Palm numbers, they're they're one of the worst uh, defensive rebounding teams in the country right now. Yeah, we're also in a point now where. The old, oh, he needs to pare the rotation down thing might become an issue because he's got like like 10 or 11 guys who are part of this rotation, which is it's great, great luxury to have. Um, the depth is, is tremendous. The size is, is really good. Uh, it's not necessarily a problem, but as this season goes on. I think he's going to play 10 or 11 the whole year. That's my gut. I, and maybe in the second halves of some games he'll cut it down, but I think he's going to. My gut tells me he's playing 10 or 11 most of the year. You know, if, if you want to go up tempo and, and stifle folks defensively, um, you know that that can work. There can be something to that. Offensively, though, I mean, it can be difficult to find a rhythm when you're when you're yeah. cycling guys in and out, and and guys aren't as accustomed to playing with each other. And you know that's doubly magnified when you, when you don't have that that continuity. But I mean, overall, like guys, really encouraged. Yeah, five like, and I one. Know, yeah, I know the Villanova game was a total clunker, but that's November in college basketball. That stuff happens. Villanova lost a pin and, and then comes back and wins that battle for Atlantis and looks like a, a you know a second weekend team while doing it. So, I mean, I know it, it was we, also it was day three of a tournament. Like you know what I mean? Like right. yeah, it can it can yeah, be a crapshoot. They might have had too much fun at the uh, on the water slides at, at Atlantis, you know, the, 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 the night before. Well, and what's interesting about the way Penny set up the schedule is like. They are not going to play. They're still more than two weeks away from playing a meaningful, like their next home game at FedEx Forum. They have three road games in an eight-day span starting Saturday at Ole Miss before, and then they have another week, you know, like a week off or six days off before they play Clemson at home. Um, And 
it's just really interesting to me how the schedule has been set up. It was like it's like you had the Missouri game at first, then the three games in the Bahamas. Now you got these three road games at Ole Miss, at VCU, at Texas A and M. Then three home games: Clemson, Virginia, Vanderbilt. Kind of to close, you have these three game segments where you can evaluate them. And so far, you know, the first three game segment, I think they did pretty well, as you noted, in the Bahamas. And now they got these three road games. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 